Hi, welcome to the Spiritually Minded Mom Podcast, where every mom can find hope, joy, and God's hand in motherhood. You'll hear interviews with all kinds of moms who are learning how to navigate motherhood. Most of all, you'll learn that you have a partner in motherhood, a loving Heavenly Father who wants you to succeed and is always there to help you in your most important work as a mother. And now, here's your host, my mom, Dara Trendler. Welcome to the Spiritually Minded Mom podcast. My guest today is Courtney Casper. She is a wife and a mother to three, and she lives in the country 30 minutes from a stoplight. And if you notice anything different about the audio today, we're recording a little bit different because her internet connection wasn't quite right, but I think it's still going to be great. So you're going to love it. Um, she and her family love camping. They like road trips, doing projects together, and jet skiing on the Columbia River at sunset, which to me sounds like a little piece of heaven. Courtney is a hand letterer, and she regularly shares her designs on Instagram. She is also passionate about scripture study and offers inspiration to help other women learn to walk in faith and trust God. And I am really excited to be talking to her today about all those things and especially about her motherhood journey. So welcome to the podcast, Courtney. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. So to start off, would you just share what a typical day in your life as a mom looks like so we can get to know you? (laughs) Sure. I, um, I'm a mom to three little girls. I have a nine-year-old, a five-year-old, and a three-year-old. A typical day looks like, well, we're in summer right now, so our typical days are a little bit crazier than usual. But probably just like your life, we get up, we get going, I make them make their beds, we do chores. We really are just kind of doing the regular routine. And the only kind of tricky thing is that I work from home. So which is weird to say because I never thought I would work from home or never really aspired to have a job. But nevertheless, I work from home. So I have to really balance very carefully. In fact, I don't love the word balance, but that is what it is. I have to very carefully divide my time and energy between the things that really matter and the things that really matter to me, including motherhood and work and all of that. Yeah, a typical day is just pretty low-key. But we do drive a lot. We're in the car a lot. We have to take trips to town to get groceries and do stuff like that. So we're in the car a lot. I just balance being a mom and working and all that stuff. Well, you sound like a lot of us. <laughs> it's most people yeah. can relate to that. Right? Yeah. Nothing glamorous. Very regular. <laughs> yes. Well, everyone will be able to relate to that. So uh, one of the things that you told me before the interview is that you consider yourself to be an intuitive parent. And I was intrigued by that. So what does that mean for you? I just try really hard to be very conscious about my kids and what they need that day. So, and that's always changing. And my kids are so different. And so I don't have, like, hard and fast parenting rules. I don't – I have a really hard time with schedules. I don't love to be on a strict schedule. I don't like to be over-scheduled. So it's just kind of – leaning into the ebb and flow of parenting and of being a mom and being a wife and just trying really hard to have to be intuitive about who needs me and what needs me Um, one of the examples I me my girlfriends like to talk about is uh, I've had to during the school year specifically I was just so overscheduled and so busy and so in over my head with work and housework and all of it I finally had this moment where it was like, what needs my hands? 
And at that okay. moment, it was like, the toilets don't need my hands. I can hire my awesome babysitter to come clean my toilets if that's what needs done. I just don't have the time. My kids need my hands. My children need me to tuck them in at night. They need me to be saying prayers with them. My business needs my hands. My husband needs me to, you know, be in the room with him when I'm in the room with him and not distracted. And so that's kind of what intuitive parenting is to me, just really trying to lean into the ebb and flow of what my kids need and what my family needs, not being too, too, uh, what's the word? I don't know. Not being too restrictive of myself. Yeah, it's too structured, I guess. I really like that, what needs my hands. That's a really good phrase to think about. You know, when you get overwhelmed, is very typical for most moms, I think. Yeah. I feel it all the time. And one of the mm-hmm. – one, of, I kind of have the similar thing that I say. It's just what is essential now? Yeah. You know, what, what, need, what do I need to do right now to make my life better and not worry about all the other things? So I really like Absolutely. that. What, what needs my hands? That is, that is very insightful. I love that. So I know scripture study is something that you do to help you in motherhood. How did scripture study become a priority for you? That was kind of the, the went along this similar, like, big moment that I knew I needed faith. I knew I needed hope. I needed direction and guidance and light. And that was not something I could pay someone to do for me. It wasn't something anyone could do for me or, or make happen for me. I had to do mm-hmm. it. I just, I needed light. Uh, just kind of going through a personally hard time, uh, not necessarily being lost in motherhood, but just lost in general and just not feeling very happy, not very, feeling very fulfilled, kind of going through the motions without much substance there. And um, I think I just knew where I could find light. I knew where it was. I knew where answers were going to be. I just finally realized I have to make this happen. This needs my hands uh, as an absolute top priority. And I don't think I knew that it was going to affect my motherhood so much at the time. But now looking back, it totally has changed the way I mother and the way I see myself in motherhood by knowing, you know, how God sees me um, and how God sees my kids. So that's one thing that has really helped me to stick with scripture studies that I've seen the results, and the results are life-changing. So how – you said it's changed you as a mother. How has yeah. it changed, like, for instance, your interactions with your kids? I call it, like, my magic wand uh, because <laughs> uh, it just – it grants me, honestly, gifts that I don't think are from me. I know aren't from me. Things like patience, things like um, not sweating the small stuff, not getting mad about spilled milk. And I don't mm-hmm. know what that is, but for me, it's just like I have I have the spirit with me. I just I tell people all the time. There's a and we've been told by prophets and apostles there's a power that will come into our lives when we simply just open up the scriptures. And I know that to be true 100. percent There is a power, and especially in our mothering, we're, we're responsible for these little people. And these little people are frustrating sometimes. <laughs> they are. But also, we're called to this work, and where the Lord calls us, he qualifies us. And that's something that I'm learning as an action on our part, that the Lord qualifies us, but we also kind of qualify ourselves by showing up where the Spirit is and equipping ourselves to be good moms. Totally. And I, I love that concept of a magic wand. It, it gives us gifts that we maybe 
don't have on our own, but it, it gives us more power. I think of it as power. Like every time I read and I act upon what I read, I feel like I have more power and I feel like I can do the things that he wants me to do. So let's, let's get practical then. What does it look like for yeah. you? I mean, you described your life and I think everybody out there can probably relate. We're running our kids around. We're trying to clean the house. We're working. We're doing all these things. So what practically, how do you fit it in? How did you start when, when you, it wasn't a habit for you? How did you make that work? Um, I made it work by the first thing that I started doing because I've never had a habit of scripture study ever. Um, and so the thing that I started doing was I started looking, okay, if I need to make this a habit in my life, I'm going to tie this to something else that's already a habit. That was kind of my game plan. Okay, that's good. So I started looking in my life what where what do I what have a sturdy have? And one thing is like I eat every morning. <laughs> like I'm a breakfast <laughs> eater. Um and so I was like, I'm just gonna tie a scripture study with my breakfast time. So I actually got my scriptures out and put it on my spot that I like to eat breakfast on my kitchen table. And for a while they just became a fixture on our kitchen table. So do you do um, that? You make sure they're there like the the night before when you go to bed so you know they're there when you get up in the morning yeah. for breakfast. That's great. I mean, they just they just stayed there all the time through dinner, unless we had company or something. I just I left them there, all my stuff that I like to mm-hmm. study with. So that at that point, I would sit down and read my scriptures in the morning. And then if I didn't, bonus was that I found I often gravitated toward that spot at some point in the day. So if I got up and didn't do breakfast right away, we weren't in our we weren't in our regular routine. At some point, I'm gonna sit there um, and eat or you know, be on my phone or whatever. And so I decided that when I sat in that chair, I was going to read my scriptures. I was just going to do it. So that I read that, you know, it takes 21 times of doing something for it to become a habit. So I right. I marked on my calendar 21 days. <laughs> like, okay, oh, so you, you I'm going to put science to a days. test. Yes. So, and it, it was, it worked. I mean, it really, it was hard at first. I'm a kind of person that really kind of thrives just like I don't love structure, I kind of thrive in noise. I like life to be kind of fast-paced, and I always have music on. And, and it was really hard for me to not not let distraction and noise and, you know, busyness steal me of that, those few minutes of right. um, scripture study. So after it became more of a habit, I nowadays I try to get up before my kids are up and you know, it's not as it's not as hard, honestly. It was really hard, and now it's not as hard. It's a part of me. It's something that I, when I don't do, I notice right away. By 2 o'clock, if I haven't read my scriptures, I feel it big time. Yeah. <laughs> <So> my kids. <laughs> well, I think, I think what you're saying is great because it gives someone else hope. Like, there's hope. It's hard in the beginning, but it's going to get easier. It will be easier. And I love I love what you said about, you know, just making sure that your scriptures are out and you have a designated spot and kind of a time, you know, you're going to do that when you have breakfast. I am kind of a geek about the book Essentialism. I don't know if you've ever read it, but. I've never read it. It is so good. And and that's where I kind of got my phrase, what is essential now? Because he talks about that in that book. It's a business book, mm. but, man, it is so applicable to moms. And he talks about creating a habit, and he says you've got to have a trigger, something that will trigger, you know, you to to do that habit and that's exactly what you've done you know you've put your scriptures out in a place where you know you're already have a habit of eating breakfast and so you do that so you know that's i think that is great anyway everyone <laughs> should read that book <laughs> I'm I ain't going about to. It, but 
it is so good. I probably need to write a blog post or do a podcast about it because it's so applicable to motherhood. And, you know, and what you're saying is, you know, we want to create habits that are going to bring us closer to, to God. And, yeah. and that's a way that we can do that. And you're giving so yeah. much hope to all of us that we can all change and, and do better. <laughs> Scripture say, because it really does make a difference. I posted a couple of days ago uh, something I'm learning. I've been feeling like I've been in this season of soul scrubbing is what I'm calling it. Where soul scrubbing. I like that. I just feel like I have a really hard time recognizing my weaknesses. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> um, but once I finally, you know, I feel like God gently nudges me and tries to tell me and tries to tell me. And then I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I can see that. But I've kind of been in this stage of soul scrubbing and being able to see that I could have a million excuses, just like everybody else, why I don't have time for scripture study, why I don't understand my scriptures, why I'm just not feeling it or whatever. But those don't matter. What matters is that I choose it. And that goes with everything. That goes with things in motherhood and life in general and being a woman and being a daughter of God and being a disciple of Christ. It just it's not about what we can and can't do. It's about what we choose to do. That is so good. Yeah, it is about choice. And it's it's choosing yourself, I think, too. You know, you're yeah. important. You need to have that have those things poured into you so that then you have something to give to your family Absolutely. in return. One of the reasons I wanted to have you on the podcast is because you're on social media and you are a light on social media, um, a really bright place that I always love to see. I love to see you come up in my stories um, because you're always inspiring. You're always talking about uplifting things but there's a lot of challenges that come with social media and motherhood yeah how have you faced those challenges and overcome them or are you still working on them what does that look like for you i think it's a tough question for all of us it's just oh, one absolutely. of these things it's just really gray area there's just a lot of blurry blurred lines and i don't know what the right answer is and i definitely i don't know what the right answer is for me even and it's a work in progress that's what it is every day yeah. uh every day it's a, it's a new it's a new battle i feel like with social media where where are where am i supposed to be how am i supposed to be showing up there how often am i supposed to be showing up there it's really hard i think i think there's so much good that can be done in social media and i think it takes a lot of energy to be anti anything. And I think it takes a lot of self-discipline to be able to be in the world and not of the world, right? That's something that yeah. we, I even know as a youth that I, I, uh, we heard that all the time. Um, I don't think I hear it as much as an adult, but I remember as a teenager hearing that a lot. And with social media, I have struggled with that a lot. In fact, I was just having a moment this morning because I had been posting a lot of things that are more geared towards the Book of Mormon and, and, and I've lost a chunk of followers, right? And so there's mm -hmm. this number up there on the top of our Instagram pages. And it's really hard for every single one of us, I don't care who you are, right. to have that number up there and not make it mean something about you. It is, that is just reality. It's very hard. And uh, it's hard for me. And I'll be the first one to say, admit that it's hard for me what I'm trying to do with social media is I'm trying to number one if it is partly my job I take days off consecutive days off is kind of what I'm what I'm testing out right now so on Sundays I delete I delete social media off my phone I log out of my email accounts and I really try to dedicate that day to worship in my family and just it feels good to log off for a day and I've even started to do it on Saturday too 
So I just think, you know, if this is somewhat of a job, if this is, you know, something that really does take my time and energy, I need some a break at least yeah. twice a week. Yeah, I, I think it's just figuring out, you know, what you need and playing around with that. And it's a daily battle. I I can, I know exactly what you're saying about seeing that number at the top of your account and how many people are following you, how many people have unfollowed you. And mm-hmm. um, it's a daily battle. But, you know, I think, I mean, I can attest because I follow you on Instagram. I've come across your stories and you've been like, get off Instagram, go read your scriptures. <laughs> and I love that. Um, and what I've tried to do is just curate my Instagram to be about people. I follow people who make me feel good. And if it doesn't yeah. make me feel good, I go instantly and I unfollow it. And maybe they've had, you know, months and months of really good things, and then there's something that doesn't make me feel good, I just unfollow it. And I've yeah. curated it so that it's uplifting for me. It's still a battle. It's still hard. But I, I love that you're taking time away and you're recognizing that, you know, it can't be a constant in your life. You've got to do other things and and put other, make other things a priority. And you can you can do that and still run your business. I think I think that's yeah. great. I think it's a hard balance. A lot of days I just, like, I don't want to be a reason that someone's, you know, sucked in on Instagram. That's, like, yeah. my number one yeah. my number one qualm, I guess you can say, with Instagram. Right. I just, I don't want to be the reason that someone is on their phone and not in their scriptures. So that's kind of another, like, find your why, why you're doing what you're doing is, like, I want to be, a, like, a mirror. And for whatever reason, I'm showing up and whoever else is showing up, I just want to offer a mirror that reflects God's love for them and hopefully encourages them to get out of the world and go get some light and go get some encouragement from places like God's word that really, truly offers it. And I think that brings me perfectly to the next question I wanted to talk to you about is is something that you said that you've learned to focus in instead of out when it comes to finding peace in your life. What does that what does yeah. that mean? I think one of my big struggles is that I have a hard time um finding peace. Going out is really enticing to me, I guess. Like focusing yeah. on outward theme is really something that I like. But it never it never gives me the peace that I truly need. Well, I think I think, you know, focus I mean if I think about it in in the terms of what we've already been talking about, if you're focusing yeah. out, you're going to the world to get validation right. and just say, this is who I am. And, you know, I want to have legs like her and I want my kids to behave mm-hmm. like that. And I want to cook dinner like that. No. So if you're going to the outside world, but if you're going in, well, you know, who are you getting validation from? Right. Hopefully from God. And what's he going to tell you about yourself? And going out is the easy option. And sometimes going out is even good. Like I like to read self-help books. I like to read, you know, inspirational books and that's all good and great. And we can follow great accounts on social media. We can, you know, attend great conferences and we can do all this stuff. But true peace for ourselves is, it has to be kind of tailor made for us. And I feel like when I'm spending time in meaningful prayer, when I'm spending time in God's word, the peace that is offered to me is tailor made for me. It's tailor made for what I'm going through. And my struggles, seen and unseen, I think I'm constantly learning where that line is of being able to being able to take in a lot of great things from outside of me and also being able to have the time and energy to really intentionally focus on what's going on inside of me and developing a relationship and a connection with God and myself and then with the people, the actual people 
in my home, the people around me. Yeah, I think I think our kids can teach us a lot. <laughs> yeah, for sure. you, I'm sure you've seen that too. I mean, my kids. There's been a lot of times where, you know, I've done something, or and they've made a comment, and it's maybe caused me to reflect and say, "Oh, um, I don't know if that makes sense." It so, totally does. So, what have your children taught you about being who you are? My kids and all kids in general, they're just so clear about what is mm. important. Their level of distraction is so innocent and. It's not the kind of distraction that I often indulge in where it really sucks me in. Kids are just pure at heart, and they naturally want to connect with God. They naturally want to connect with themselves, and they naturally want to connect with the people around them. And I think that that's one thing, danger of social media is that it can damage those connections if we're not really, really careful about how we're spending our time and energy. That's one thing that a friend of mine taught me in a really small relief society, you know, women's group meeting. And I I passed on to my kids that when my kids are in a funk, which is, don't we all get in funk sometimes, that we ask ourselves, okay, and we kind of do these hand motions and you can't see me, but it's like, are we connected to God? We point up. Are we connected to ourselves and we point to our, you know, touch to our chest and then are we connected to others? And I think that for my kids, that has been so awesome to see them. Like, what is missing for me? Why am I not feeling happy? Why am I not feeling, you know, in a good rhythm? Why am I not in a good rhythm right mm-hmm. now? You know, what point of connection is lacking? And sometimes we need to get done our even say prayer together and sometimes we need to you know, go jump on the trampoline together, and they need time for me. But they've just taught me how simple being happy can be, how simple having faith can be. They're not afraid to act. They're not afraid to choose. They're not afraid to, you know, take time to do what they need to do to, to feel happy. And that's something that as a mom and as a, a grown-up <laughs> right. that I struggle with is, you know, recognizing, number one, What's going on? What do I need to do different? What do I need to change? What do I need to make time for? What do I need to put down? And number two, actually doing it and kind of taking the power back and control of my life. I love what you said about that they're clear. Kids are very clear. They're innocent. They're pure. They're not dunked up from the world yet. (laughs) (laughs) We hope we can keep them that way, right? That's right. Okay. Well, the final question that I would like to ask you is when I ask every guest that I have on the podcast, and that is, how have you seen and felt God as your partner in motherhood? I think I've seen and felt him as I decided to see and feel him. I think God's always with us as a partner in motherhood. These are his children. He loves them and he loves us unconditionally. Not if we're cooking perfect meals, not when we're doing this. It's right now as we stand, as we are. And that same goes for our kids. He loves them right now as they are. And so I think that as I've decided, if I, as I've made a choice to see God and to feel God and to show up where he is on a daily basis in his word, our partnership has grown. And, and I've grown, really. He's stayed the same. I've been able to, you know, grow closer to him and parent, I hope, more like he would want me to parent and mother like um you know, he would have me mother. So, yeah, I just, I think I've seen and felt him more and more as I've decided to show up and, and see and feel him. That's great. I love, I love, there's one word that you said that I totally love, and it's choice. As, yeah. a, as a mother, we can make a choice that's 
that we want him in our life, that we want to be partners with him. And mm-hmm. and really, we don't have to do a whole lot more than that. I mean, we have, there's things that we have to do, but really, he's right there. Like you said, he doesn't move. He doesn't change. It's us. We just have to take a step t- towards him. And he, exactly. he is always there. Through all so seasons, great. even through the really, really, really hard ones, he's always there. And all we have to do, like you said, is just it just starts with one step and then one more and then one more. Yes. Yes, and I, that's actually something I've been thinking about. I was reading in my scriptures this morning, and I was writing in one of your fine guides that I use, <laughs> I love, and, and it asked the question, you know, how, I can't even remember what the question was, but the, th- the thought that I was having was, you know, how do, I, how do I know God's there before I get to the actual really hard thing? And I remembered a time when I was a teenager. I, I you know, I was a teenager, so this wasn't like, you know, anything really drastic going on in my life, but there were some things that I was super worried about. And I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. And I remember being on my knees for a long time. And finally, I just felt enveloped in love. And I knew that he was there. And I knew everything was going to be okay. And the next day, the worst case scenario that I was worried about actually happened. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was a teenager. So this isn't like, you know, earth shattering or whatever. But in my world at that point, it was. But I knew that he loved me. And because I had taken the time to seek him before, then I had I had what I needed to get me through that hard time. There's a great song that I love, and one of the lyrics is, help me to want the healer more than the healing. Oh, I think good. that in motherhood, like, that is it. Like, if we can work hard and make choices that lead us closer to God, things in our things with our kids and things in our family, they work out. And we're able to... Mm-hmm. To, to do our best through all seasons. So I love that experience that you shared. That's, that is life. Oh, that is just life. <laughs> that is life. That is life. And that's why, you know, the, the message that you're sharing about getting in his word every day and being yeah. close to him is so important because we don't know what life's going to throw us, but we can get through it when, when we've built that up and we have that reserve and that relationship with him. Right. My soapbox is all you need is 10 minutes. And we yes. all have 10 minutes in our day. We all have it. We are in 10 minutes on our phone. Yeah. We're all 10 minutes on in a book or whatever. We all have a few minutes, and there's power by just opening up the book, and our efforts will be consecrated. They really will. Whatever we yeah. have to offer will be magnified. So I've done that in my life over and over again. I have, too. I'll be your second witness to that. It's, Good. It's so Thank true. you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, I think that's a great place to end. Just take 10 minutes. Yeah, 10 and minutes. And find him. It's great. It will make a difference. It will. Well, Courtney, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. And yeah, this is fun. I know, I know your words are going to help someone else, so thanks. I know you have a million things to do, and I'm grateful you took the time to listen to today's podcast. I hope the episode helped you to know God is your partner in motherhood. For show notes, head over to spirituallymindedmom.com. For more motherhood inspiration, follow along on Instagram, at spirituallymindedmom. And if you enjoyed the podcast, share it with a friend. I would love it if you would leave a review and rate it on iTunes. This helps more moms to find hope, joy, and God's hand in motherhood. Have an amazing day, and remember, you are doing God's work, and you are doing it wonderfully well.